Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo starts now. Straight up to the claw. On this Monday afternoon, good afternoon and welcome into today's edition of the Burns and Gambo Show here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. My name is Dave Burns, alongside the one, the only, John Gambadoro. Hi, Gambo. Burnsy, what's going on? Drive. Yeah. And I drove by Sky Harbor Airport. Man. Oh, it's a mob scene. Oh, my it's God. It's a mob scene. The line mm. of planes waiting to take off, right? Just yep. waiting to get clearance to go on the runway. There were like 14 of them. I, I drove by and I'm like, oh, my God. One, two, three, four. Eyes on the road. Eyes on the road. Six, seven, eight, nine. Eyes on the road. Eyes on the road. So I always better off going the day after. Spend I'm today. Serious. Relax. Go enjoy Arizona. So go to the Grand Canyon. Do something and leave tomorrow. Leave tomorrow because leave the airport. Tomorrow. It's just insane. I got to imagine. I think it's the the busiest day. I, I mean, uh, of the year for like any airport, no matter well, whenever they hold the. At football. least the airport takes off from nice concrete ground instead of the State Farm Stadium grass, <laughs> because they'd be slipping and sliding all over the place. Those planes would never get going. Jeez, oh my God. I, I can't tell you how many messages from my friend, dude. What's wrong with the field out there? I'm on a group text with all my buddies from New York and Florida, and they're like, "Man, you guys are getting ripped to shreds." about your field. I'm like, dude, it's a desert. Like, yeah, you try to grow grass here. Like, it's the freaking desert. Yeah. I got fake grass in my yard. We don't grow grass in Arizona. Like, jeez, you guys got to get that right. You're making me laugh so hard. I'm coughing. I swear, I got like seven messages. I'm like, seriously, with that field? Like, everybody's slipping. Like, every, I know. And then they kept showing it, too. Oh, they they kept showing it. Here's another reason why, every time the kicker, here's the kickoff, and the kicker slid like 15 Uh feet. Here's Kelsey. He's celebrating his touchdown. He slid after he did it. Yeah, of course. Of course. It was, yeah. Played in mud. Something to talk about. It was like playing in a new field. It was new grass, too, right? It was specifically for this. Yeah. And I don't even, like, I don't even, honestly, and I'm not saying this to defend the Cardinals. I'm really not. That's an NFL thing. That's not a Cardinals thing. That's the, the NFL came in and put in the new grass field. The NFL grew the grass. I mean, I, I know. I, look, I get it. The field hasn't been great this year, starting all the way back in week one with what the Chiefs had to say about it. So I, I understand that doesn't mean it's not the Cardinals' yeah. fault. But I think over these, the, the, I think I read that the NFL spent like eight hundred dollars on that field, right. only to have guys just slipping and sliding. Well, like where, can you get the best, where can you get the best grass out west? And I'm not talking the kind you smoke either. Where can, <laughs> can you can you ship it in from Oklahoma? <laughs> where, where can you get some grass? Seattle has the grass in Seattle. It rains there like... I just vote that we don't try experimental things on the league's biggest game of the season. That's How about probably that? not a bad idea. It was a disaster. It, it, was. it truly was a disaster. I mean, it got ripped to shreds by the players afterwards. They were shocked. Here's the players. They're all changing their cleats because they can't stand up in this thing. I'm like, oh, God. Here's the shot of the cleats. Yeah, Look, here's the shot p- of the cleats. They're piled high because they changed all their cleats. By yeah. the way, Andy Reid and the Chiefs complained about this in week one in the preseason when guys got injured. I'm like, okay, got it. I well, got that it. wasn't the only thing yes. that we'll say from the Super Bowl that we hosted. It is our top story of the day here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo, the weigh-in. Brought to you by Revitalize Weight Loss. Here we go. Hurts. 
has all day. Now some rushers come. Going to throw it as far as his arm can take it, which is well short. And the Kansas City Chiefs have won Super Bowl 57. Fox with the final call. The Kansas City Chiefs, their second Super Bowl win in the last four years. They beat the Eagles 34, 38, rather, 35. Thoughts? Take the holding penalty out. It was a hell of a football game. Yeah. Take the take the complaining out on, on the penalty by Bradbury, who, by the way, admitted it was a holding penalty. But if you take that out, it, it, the game had every. I was shocked at two things in the game. Two things. Okay. How wide open everybody was <laughs> on these plays. The Chiefs' two touchdowns were wide open. Two of them were just. There was nobody within twenty yards of the Chiefs' players, and and Philly had some plays that were completely wide open. And then the Philadelphia Eagles' ability to convert on when they needed one yard. By just push it, pushing Jalen Hurts? I know. Just one year, which is why, I, and I'm going to bring this up now. I don't know if I'm supposed to, if I was going to bring this uh, up now or later. Whatever. I didn't understand when it was third and two, right before they punted and it was the big punt return, right? Okay. Third and two, crucial, crucial situation. You can get a yard every single time with, with Hurts getting pushed. Why not go for it on third down, get a yard, go for it on fourth down, get a yard? I thought that to myself. I don't understand why they threw the ball. Incomplete pass. Mm-hmm. Punt it, big punt return, Kansas City ends up winning the game. I didn't understand why they didn't just line up on third and two. Quarterback sneak for a yard. They can't stop you from getting a yard. They can't. They tried 17 times in a football game, and they failed every time. It's the, it's the, it's the easiest play in the book. Jalen Hurts, big, strong kid. Asia, everybody pushing him. Yeah. The Chiefs had no answer for it. I didn't understand why they didn't just run the one, third and two, try to get the quarterback sneaked in. Maybe you get two yards. If you don't, you're at least going to get one. Yeah. Instead of throwing an incomplete pass or throwing the ball at all, you need two yards and you've got two plays. Just run it. It's a good point. I, I'm sure that, you, that stood out to me. Yeah, but I'm sure you don't mean to think or suggest that that was the reason why the Eagles lost that game was because of that decision. I, I, it, made, it just stood out to you as kind of a thing. Me that yeah. they cannot stop you when when the Eagles need a yard. Kansas City has no answers, so go get a yard. And then for if you don't get it on third down, you might have fourth and inches. Go for it again with Hurts. You'll get it. Here's you'll, you'll get it. Here's what stood out to me in that game: the number zero, as in zero sacks. I couldn't believe it. That I couldn't was believe it. The game could not believe it. That was the ball game. Right. I, I mean, I know they're okay. Maybe not the whole ball game, but that for that Eagles team to have what four different guys with ten, with 10 or sacks. more sacks to lead the league by a country or, mile in yeah. sacks as a team to have none against. Uh, not only that, but to watch Kansas City run the ball as well as they did in the second half of that game behind that offensive line. That was the game. That was their yeah, ability. Just go ahead. I'm going to let you get it over with. That's two oh seven. I'm going to let you get it over with. Go ahead. What? What am I getting over just with? Just go. Go. I'm going to let you do it right now. Oh, you're talking about the running back thing? No, how much did they pay Pacheco? <laughs> God, no, just get it over with right now. Get this done, because you're going to do like... By the way, you'll hear this seven times throughout the show today. Seven times. There is one person in all of Arizona who hates to pay running backs. He doesn't think that they're worth it. He doesn't think they're worth $5 an hour. Well, I'll tell okay. you what. Isaiah Pacheco's making $870,000 this year. <laughs> there was nothing wrong with Isaiah Pacheco yesterday, was there now? No. Just like there wasn't anything wrong with Cam Akers and the $890,000 he made the year before. Yes. Leonard Fournette, the two 
$2 million he made the year before that. Damian Williams, the million he made before that. How about Sony Michelle? $480,000 he made in 2018 when he was the leading rusher for the Super Where's Bowl champion Ken- New England Patriots. Where's Kansas City rank on the pay scale for what they pay their running backs? I have no idea. Where do they rank? I thought you had that. No, I don't know. I don't oh, have that. Oh, that was not no. in there? No, I, no, I don't have that. No, okay. I don't have that. Oh, it's yeah. just the amount of money that it's they It's just paid. the amount of money they made. Yeah. Yeah, Isaiah Pacheco made $870,000 this year. <laughs> I'm telling you, I don't know why, why, why you're going to pay back a lot of money. I've got the last dozen or so Super Bowl champions here in front of me. And yes. on average, they, they pay their running backs an hour. About a ham sandwich, it's about right? $20 an Minimum hour. Minimum wage and a ham sandwich to be yes. the running back. Yes. And it works every single time. No, it's just, yeah, yeah. It's no. true. Listen, it's, I mean, the next time I say you should pay a running back, just <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm gonna show you at this me. graphic right there, really, yeah. because the Super Bowl leading rusher six years ago made about five hundred eighty-five thousand dollars. It was C.J. Anderson for the Broncos Matter in twenty fifteen. Print that out and right where it says Arizona Sports, the local sports <laughs> leader, because they have these all over the place. So we remember, just put it right there. Yeah. And then every time I say, well, I think that they should pay, to just point, just point to the damn sign. Your point though, um, it really was a great. Game. It was a great game. Right until the end. And the end just, and I was trying, and it took me all morning, all day, to think of a movie that I absolutely loved and I just hated the last 10 minutes of, because that's what yesterday was. Lost, the TV show. Okay, see, and I, I knew you would say that, honestly. Because I, I still I, don't understand I, if they I, were alive or dead. I, I See, I understand I it. So for me, I liked Lost and how it ended. But I know you've complained about that. For me, it well, was... Well, I don't know. I don't know if those people were alive when they, the plane crashed or they were dead when the plane crashed. I have no idea. I still, to this day, don't know. They were alive. I promise you, they were alive. The plane crashed and they all lived. They all lived. Yeah, well, I mean, the ones that we got to know, they all lived. The movie I was thinking of was War of the Worlds. The Tom Cruise movie Tom that Cruise? came out like 15, 16 years ago. It was great. And it just fell apart in the last five minutes. It was a really was good movie. Like the big, the big, yes, the big like tripod things. Uh, they're they walking were, around just incinerating water, everybody. Like water or something like that. It was something in, in our blood, like a air? bacteria that, yeah, that, that caused them to all. And they, and they solved the problem in like three minutes. Like we're just getting our asses kicked by these aliens. And in the last five minutes of the movie, oh, there's something in the air, bacteria. They all died and we won. And that was it. That was the movie that was how we that's how we won the war of the worlds in five minutes we figured it out that's what yesterday's game was it was a great game and that penalty and, and we can sit here it it, it, it was a penalty you did, he, he got a handful of jersey and you gotta call penalties he when you see him even admitted yeah, it. Bradbury I said got I, got, I got a handful of jersey okay. but it, it ruined the ending of that game just ruined it well you just because you're surprised that a ref called it because it really didn't affect the play right no I mean, you don't think it affected the play. I was don't it? think he held up the receiver uh, enough to be able to think he was going to the ball. was thrown over his left shoulder, and yeah. he was looking over his right shoulder. And so from that, it like, like, because I would have loved to have seen. Look, Kansas City was going to take the lead on a field goal, unless the kicker slipped on the terrible field. <laughs> you know, which you never know. Kansas City's likely going to take kick the field goal. And then you got a minute and a half left to see what Jalen Hurts could do. And he was spectacular. My God, he was, he was so good. So good he was so good. Honestly, I might remember that more than I he remember anything such, else about the game. He was so good. He was incredible yesterday. Anybody, anybody, would anybody take Kyler Murray over him right now? No. No. Ouch. No, seriously. Ouch, though. No, I know. It's a poll question. Hurts or Murray? There's not one person that's going to say Murray outside of maybe Kyler himself. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, Hertz was great. He was Even great. He might not he vote for himself so at this point. He was really he was extraordinary yesterday. Almost the highlight of the almost the highlight of the game. Honestly, watching him play. Now, when we come back on the Burns and Gambo show here on Arizona Sports, we turn our attention to the Arizona Cardinals and if the Arizona Cardinals are going to hire their next head coach. Here are the now two names, and they're different. Here are the two names to keep an eye on. Next on the Burns and Gambo show. Arizona Sports, Cardinals head coaching search update. Michael Bidwell, the owner, saying they hit pause a little bit so as not to take some shine away from the Super Bowl, but that is not the only reason. Sources say the Cardinals are expected to interview Eagles defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon. That is expected to happen on Monday. That was Ian Rappaport with the report from over the weekend. Adam Schefter basically said the same thing, and according to all reports, the Cardinals, the Eagles have left. Jonathan Gannon stays behind to interview with Michael Bidwell for the head Cardinal for the head coaching position for the Cardinals and Gambo. Frankly, towards the end of last week, I think we expected like something like this to come down. Wouldn't you agree? I just didn't understand why you didn't interview him earlier. Like, would you just identify him now? Why didn't you interview him like before? Like during the Eagles bye week? Is okay, it because Monty wasn't hired. That's exactly why. That's from the best I can tell. That's the reason why. The Monty Austin Fort wasn't hired by that. Monty Austin Fort was hired on January sixteenth. That was the day after the wild card games. In fact, it was the same day of the Bucks Cowboys game that you want to bet on me from mm-hmm. over lunch. So by that, so the the bye week for the Chiefs and the Eagles happened before they had a general manager. So doing it the way that Michael said he wanted to do it: hire a GM first, hire a coach. Monty wasn't in place in time to talk to Gannon during that dead period. And then... They had a list of all the guys they wanted to interview, though. They had a whole list of guys quickly. His name... It's just interesting that the guys that are the finalists were not on the original list of guys that they wanted to interview. Uh, that is interesting. Mike Kafka, Luana Rumo, and Jonathan Gannon. None of those guys were on the original list. Yeah. None of them. No, they weren't. They weren't. And, and then by the time the second bye week came, the one before the Super Bowl, apparently, from what I understand, that is only allowed for second interviews if you're going to interview somebody on the Super Bowl staff. So, theoretically, this is the first chance the Cardinals have had to have a conversation with Jonathan Gannon with Monty Austin Fort in place. Whatever the case may be, the reporting on this one is interesting, Gambo. Josh Weinfuss of ESPN.com is suggesting that Kafka's out and that it's down to Lou Anarumo and Jonathan Gannon yeah, for Mike, the head they, coaching so job. So, they're going to go with a defensive guy. So, they will, so, either way, if it's those two... Kafka was one of the finalists. He had a second interview. I know that they really liked him um, for for the for uh, for a second interview, and they did. They gave him a second interview. He was one of the finalists. But if they're going to go with a defensive oriented guy, I much prefer Lou Anarumo to Jonathan Gannon. This guy's been a defensive coordinator for two years. By the way, his defense got torn to shreds yesterday. Now it is Andy Reid, who's a veteran of how twenty something years, and Patrick Mahomes. But that defense was terrible yesterday. He's only been in a, a DC there for two years. He's a younger guy, but I, I would, I would much prefer Luana Rumo to, to Jonathan Gannon, and and just a lot of the Philly guys like. You know, they cover the team. They've got the criticism on Gannon is that you know the, the the game planning approach. They give up a lot of underneath stuff. Like they'll let you go. You know they're trying not to give up the big play. So you could you could get a because Mahomes in the middle of the field was killing it yesterday. Yeah. Everything was in the middle of the field. That's what they give up. That's been a knock on him all year long is that they give up a lot of that the easy underneath stuff and they let you go all the way down the field. They just try to prevent the big play. I was a little less concerned by what happened yesterday for a couple of reasons. 
offense. I mean, number one, that's a generational quarterback on the other side of the field. And that's a generational offensive coach on the other side of the field. So, so for me, there's that. Number two, you think about it. Seven of those points came up because Jalen Hurts fumbled. Seven of those punts, uh, seven of those points happened because Kadarius Tony returned it down to the five yard line and set up a really easy field. So, yeah, it was the most points ever scored by a losing team in the Super Bowl. And I understand there's a reaction to want to make Jonathan Gannon kind of responsible for that. I'm not suggesting he's not. I'm just saying I'm not going to say one game against a generational coach and a generational quarterback are enough for me to say it's the wrong guy. To me, I look more at the zero pressures against Patrick Mahomes as a man. What the, that and did you see the story over the weekend? Apparently, the Eagles hired Vic Fangio for, yeah, for, for two, two weeks. weeks to help. Now that's curious, right? Like you're going to go, you're going to go sign Vic Fangio to a two-week contract yes. to help you game plan for the Chiefs before he goes to become the defensive coordinator of the Dolphins. Fascinating. That was a weird story. That was just... And they, I, what was interesting about that is he would have got a Super Bowl ring if they would have won. Yes. He would have got a Super Bowl ring. Now, now I the answer, sure. oh, can I just say this yeah, real go quick? Ahead, go Because I just want to make sure I'm in, in fairness to Josh Weinfuss. I want to read exactly what he tweeted today because I don't want to misinterpret what he said. He, he tweeted, quote, adding to this, a source told me that the Cardinals have focused their head coaching search on Gannon and Bengals defensive coordinator Lou Anarumo. He did not report, in fact, that Mike Kafka was out. He's just saying the focus is on the two of them. Yeah. The source also also said Arizona could make a decision tonight. Now I'm sorry, I cut you off. Go the, ahead. The word on the street is that if Gannon gets the job, he's going to hire Drew Petzing as the offensive coordinator. That they spent a lot of time together in Minnesota. They're, they've got a great working relationship. There's even a story in the Cleveland paper today that Deshaun Watson's quarterback coach, Drew Petzing, is a leading candidate to be Gannon's OC if he takes the Cardinals job. So it talks about how, you know, Petzing's 35 years old. He would call plays for Kyler Murray, another dual threat quarterback like Watson, that type of thing. He said he could also be on the radar for the Eagles offensive coordinator. Uh, job if Steichen, you know, takes the Colts job, which we expect to happen. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's what we're looking at right now. There's a lot of talk that the that that Petzing could end up being the offensive coordinator, which is interesting because there was a report, and admittedly, it came from Eric Bieniemy's agent, and he might have been trying to stir the marketplace a little bit. But there was a report yesterday that maybe Bieniemy would become the next offensive I, coordinator of the Cardinals. How, but how? Why? Why? Because he gets to call the plays? Because he gets to call the plays. Yeah, that's exactly right. why. Because he's he's looking at like what Kafka's doing. Kafka leaves to the Giants. He's calling plays for one year, and he's doing head coaching interviews. The enemy, what holds him back is that he's working for a team where he doesn't call the plays, and maybe he feels like he's never going to get a fair shake to be a head coach. He's not getting a fair shake. How that guy's not a head coach is beyond it's, me. It's, I mean, it's really insane that that guy should be a head coach. Five years past due for him to get a gig. I mean, you're on, you have, you, you lose Tyreek Hill. I mean, you can't give Andy Reid all the credit. Right. I mean, Eric Bieniemy's got a big piece of. He's a big part of what they're doing and the success. That, plus, he learned from Reid for all these years. Like, I don't, I don't get. That I don't point. get. It. And I shouldn't say he's five years past due, but he's at the least three years past due, two years past due to be a head coach. Uh, Cam Cox from Channel Twelve actually caught up with Eric Bieniemy after the Super Bowl win yesterday for Kansas City. Short question, short answer. What's next for you? If the Cardinals call, what do you say? Hey, let me just do like this. I'm going to enjoy this tonight, okay? And we'll enjoy the rest of the rest of the stuff tomorrow. And that was that. Now I did. Okay, a couple of things about Gannon, all right, that I just want to make sure I throw out there. Number one, 
I read, and Albert Breer tweeted as much, that Monty Austin Fort has a strong relationship with Cannon. Now, I don't know from where. I've done a little bit of digging on this one, and I can't see where the common denominator is between Cannon and Austin Fort. But that's maybe why, in part, they were waiting this long, because Monty Austin Fort wanted to talk to Gannon because he had a relationship with him. Two, I had also kind of read that maybe one of the things in Gannon's favor is that the staff that he's got prepared, you mentioned one of the coaches from Cleveland, appeals to the Cardinals more than maybe the staff that Anarumo might have or the Kafka might have ready to come in. Interesting. Like, like they might be looking at the total the package total. Mm-hmm. of Gannon and going, yeah, but we like that guy and we like that guy and I like that guy. I don't know. Again, that's just food for thought on, but I got to imagine tonight. Tomorrow morning, this thing's coming to a close. It's we're. I think by the time you and I are on the air tomorrow, we know. I, I yeah, I've been reporting all along. I expect sure it to you be have. Tuesday. You know what? You have said that. Yeah, I do. I do expect that it's going to be Tuesday. We'll see. I mean, it should like everything should be done now. Like there shouldn't be anybody else. interview Gannon and be done with it. Make your choice. Yeah. Oh, and let's real, go. Real two. Uh, quick two. Uh, yeah. Cliff Kingsbury did not get the Texans OC job. They went with Slowick, the passing right. game coordinator from uh, 49ers? From the 49ers. From the 49ers. Yeah, so yeah. no cliff. I guess there was, read today too, there was some interest in the Ravens with him joining the staff there, but I don't know if that's going to happen or not. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with the Colonel's coaching search. It is nearing the end. The Burns and Gambo Show podcast. I hope you know all about it. You might be listening to us on that right now. Subscribe right now on your iPhone and your Android. You won't miss any of the shows. The Burns and Gambo Show is brought to you by Carol Royce, your home sold guaranteed realty. Get a higher price selling your home. Get guaranteed offers. Go to higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com. Don't worry, Gambo. James Jones has said he would look at the buyout market, and he added some depth over the weekend. That's next on the Burns and Gambo Show. The Burns and Gambo Need to Know Twitter Poll, presented by Sanderson Ford. Right, we got Zach in with today's Twitter poll question. Or is, it, is it Zach or Mitch? I, I'm, I'm. He's just momentarily in a meeting. So it's you. That's all. It's you. Jacques. It's Mitch. Sorry, Mitch, my bad. I, I heard. No, it's okay. Uh, we were talking with our boss in here, and I, I just assumed hearing Zach's voice. It was Zach. It's you, something, Mitch. Something magic of radio, something uh, like that. Something, something like that. Yeah, you've got our Twitter poll question of the day. What do you got for us? I've got a couple. So okay. I can do both, or I can do which one I think is going to get the most traction right now. Up to you guys. Do go traction. Okay. So focusing on the local team, the Arizona Cardinals, of course, day after the big Super Bowl game. And there is a supposedly a new candidate in the running to be the head coach. So straight up question of the reported remaining candidates who will be the next head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. And there's only two options. Eagles, D.C., Jonathan Gannon. Bengals, oh. D.C., Lou, and Arumo. I, I want Lou and Arumo, but based on, like, if they think that Gannon's got the staff to put in place, then I would lean towards him. I, you know, I would lean towards him, too. I, I just think that you could have done this so much sooner if you wanted to, and it just feels like all of the waiting had a purpose behind it now and it just feels like Gannon might have been that purpose. So I think Jonathan Gannon will be the next coach of the Cardinals. Okay. Survey says. Both of you are saying Gannon but it's a tight race early on but the public is leaning to the Bengals. DC, Lou, and Arumo at 59.8% Gannon getting 40.2%. So pretty close. But made no mistake. You're, you're voting f- you want. I want Lou and Arumo. Oh, I misheard I that. Sorry Lou. about that, Gambo. Oh, no, no, it's okay. Yeah, no, no. No, I just, I'm just clarifying it from an audience standpoint. Um, um, 
I don't know which one I want. I'm not holding yesterday again. I'm not looking at yesterday and saying I don't want Jonathan Gannon because of what happened yesterday. It, but uh, Luana Rumo. Eagles fans are like, take him. Yeah, that's, and that's a little get concerning. Stop in the second half. You can have him. That's a little concerning. That, but Eagles fans are an emotional bunch, so I can understand that. Uh, we've got two questions up. You can find both of them on the Burns and Gambo Twitter page. At Burns and Gambo is where you can find it. past the Carter at the dotted line. Gets it out to Ross. Had Bridges fly by, then tries the three and buys the three from the left wing. Terrence Ross had all day to shoot that one after Bridges flew by on the up fake. And it's the biggest lead of the night for Orlando, 104-87. Boy, this weekend made me happy as a Suns fan. <laughs> Sorry, it really did. It really did because not only did they go into that buyout market, and I don't even know if I love Terrence Ross necessarily. I'm not even sure he's the answer. Dallas wanted him. The Suns went and took him from him. I like I love that. I, I'm sorry. That just I just yeah. put a big smile on my face. The Mavs Gambo. are getting Justin Holiday. Yes, indeed. Instead of Terrence Ross, yep. they're going to get Justin Hal Holiday. So, you know, they made that big blockbuster trade. They got Kyrie Irving. Dallas did, and now they're going to sign Justin Holiday after he clears waivers. That's a buyout with the Rockets. That's going to allow him to sign with another team. Um, but I, just again, buyer beware on this on the buyout market. There's a reason. That these guys were let go by the original teams or traded, and the teams that got them didn't want them, and they're going to let them go. I don't know how much Ross can give the Phoenix Suns. He's not very good defensively anymore. He's older. His he used to be a better shooter than he is now. But the the one thing with Phoenix, and you got to remember this too, is he will get a lot of open looks playing if he gets a few minutes with some of these guys. Like he's going to get open looks to knock down shots, and that a lot of times that's the difference. You play with Devin Booker, Chris. Paul, Kevin Durant, and you play with better players. If he gets some some run with them, he's going to be wide open for his corner threes. Now, other spots, like you're, you're not going to be, because there's going to be such an emphasis on shutting down the other Suns players that the guys that benefit are usually the role players. So, you know, Terrence Ross may be a guy that benefits from playing on a team like Phoenix that's loaded with top-heavy talent. Perhaps, and that was one of the things I thought of with Terrence Ross. I, I thought of something you said a second ago. I mean, truly, what I, I think I wanted was more of a defensive-minded wing player. Yeah, that's not him. And that's not him. And so in that regard, I'm a little disappointed. But I will say this about him, and I'm not trying to make you know chicken salad out of you-know-what, but, but I will say this about him. Oftentimes, with Cam Johnson, when Cam Johnson was here and when Cam was a starter, you'd look at that bench and you'd kind of wonder where are the points coming from, right? Who's the, Where's the scorer? They don't really have a scorer coming off the bench. They got Damian Lee, but, but he's, you know... It, Terrence Ross can be the scorer of that second unit that they really haven't had much of the year, right? Sometimes they're in there with the bench and you're just looking at it. Man, where the hell are the points going to come from? I think Terrence Ross can do some of that. I do think Terrence Ross is going to get some open looks. I wish he were a bit better defensively. But, Gambo, I'm... I, I understand your cautiousness about, and I'm with you, about not wanting to expect too much of him. I don't. I, I just know they needed a body. They and need, a wing player. And a wing player. Somebody in here to compete. And I do like the fact that they were, rather than just kind of letting it be, rather than just letting him go to Dallas and let this guy go there and Reggie Jackson's going to Denver. They got in there. They they, they swung it around a little bit, right? They went. They needed some help. They went looking for it. I don't know how much help, but I'm glad they went shopping into 
the store because I think they needed to add some bodies. Yeah, I, I mean, I get that. I totally get it. I mean, you know, Ross got to Orlando after trade being traded from the Raptors in 2017. He was the Magic's, you know, longest tenured player. So there's, there is some things to like about him. Um, so I get it. I mean, and if you're James Jones, right now you take some shots. Like, this is a free swing. A buyout guy, that's a free swing. I mean, that's all it is. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. You know, they've got to rely on Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, Chris Paul, um, DeAndre Ayton to win, you know, a, a championship. But, you know, he was, for a time, he, he Ross was a, a big player, a top reserve for Orlando teams that made the playoffs a couple of times. He averaged about 15 points in those two years. They were in the playoffs in 2018-19 and 19-20. He had 217 made threes in 2018-19. That was number four among the most threes made by a Magic player in a season. So just a few years ago, he was one of those guys that they could really count on to knock down big shots. So, you know, it was time for him to go. He's gotten a little bit of older. He's, you know, he's uh, a guy that, if you look at it, 697 made three-pointers, number six in franchise history for Orlando. They're hoping that he could come here and hit open shots for them, give them a little bit of scoring off the bench, and he's going to get every opportunity to do that. And you know what? And you know me too. Something I've been saying for a couple of years now when it comes with the Suns. It's an insurance policy. And if it doesn't work, if you didn't need it, then you know it, it cost you money, but at least you tried, right? Like yes. it, it's and if you if you try and fail, okay, you tried and failed, but at least it's better than doing nothing. It's better than watching it go by and say we had a chance to do something we didn't, and in retrospect, it's a free we swing. We had it's a free it's, swing. It's like that that's, foul pop up that the third baseman drops. You you get an extra swing. Yep, or, that's yeah. what it is. Yeah. So you got a free swing right here. Now there was some reports over the weekend that Danny Green might be somebody the Suns would be looking at. He ended up signing with the Cavs. Yeah, because he. And I'm, I didn't really want Danny Green. He hasn't played all year. Like, he hasn't played all year. At least Ross has played. So even though his role was diminished as, as they got healthy, you know, he, he, you know, he was a kind of a consistent role player for them. Fell out of the rotation eventually. But again, he had played enough where Green wasn't. He just didn't play this year. Played like three games. But that was an interesting name because Danny Green, again, he's a guy that could shoot. When he's on, he's a good shooter and he's a guy that could be a threat for, for any team. Yeah, you mentioned Holiday going to the, the Mavs. Mavs. Yeah. Uh, today from the Suns, Kevin Durant was at the facility today where, you know, an introductory press conference for him. We're expecting Thursday is what's kind of making the round and the conversation that's out there. Also today from Suns practice, campaign is ramping up. Monty said he doesn't anticipate campaign playing before the break, but was positive about the progress campaign has made. He described, I'm reading from Kellen's Twitter account here, he described Landry Shamit as a ways away still. So Landry, it sounds like, is not necessarily close. Campaign is close. More important to have campaign back. Than Landry Shaman. I would agree. And, and honestly... More important to have campaign. Yeah, the addition of T.J. Warren, the addition of Terrence Ross, you know, the addition of... Yes, it's more important to get campaign back, I would agree. And Kevin Durant will not play until the All-Star break. Two games left for the Suns before the All-Star break. Tomorrow um, against Sacramento. Looking forward to that. Yeah. And then Thursday, they're taking on the Clippers. And then they're in the All-Star break. And they don't play then, for a week. Are they down to 20 games left after that? 
20-ish. I don't know the exact number. Yeah. I don't know the exact number. I mean, because that's you try to think how many games is Durant going to play. It is 20-something games, but you think how many games is Durant. So they're 31 and 27. That's 58 games plus two more is 60. 22. That would leave 22 games left if Durant comes back for the All-Star game to kind of get into a sync with everybody else. The 35th annual Arizona Renaissance Festival has begun. The Renaissance Festival lasts each weekend until April 3rd. We're giving you the chance to win a family four-pack of tickets. Visit the contest page at ArizonaSports.com for complete details and your chance to win. How did the Chiefs pull it off yesterday? Several key plays, several key moments. We'll talk about them next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. It wasn't quite the classic in the sense that the Patriots and the Seahawks were in that building or the Giants and the Patriots were all those years ago in that building. I didn't quite live up to that expectation. But for most of that game, I'd say 55, 58 of the 60 minutes they played yesterday, that was a hell of a football game in Super Bowl 57. It was really fun to watch. It was very entertaining. It was back and forth. Ultimately, it ended, obviously, on the field goal that was set up by the James Bradbury penalty and things like that. The Eagles, Gambo, in many, many, many ways outplayed the Chiefs yesterday uh, in many ways. First downs, yards, time of possession, you know, all of that stuff. Had a big double-digit lead. But the, a 10-point lead at halftime. Mm-hmm. The Eagles became only the second team in Super Bowl history to have a 10-point lead or more at halftime and lose the game. Of course, the Atlanta Falcons were the other, the 28-3 to game. In many ways, the Eagles did a lot of stuff right yesterday, but there were just enough plays that Kansas City made to swing the pendulum over to their side. Well, one of them was a play made by the Eagles. I mean, let's call like it is. As good as Hertz was, he fumbled the football, and I saw it, and they were like forced fumble. And I looked, at, I remember looking at the play. I'm like, I don't know if anybody touched him. And then looking at the replay, like he just dropped the ball. Here's what it sounded like: Hertz on a quarterback draw, nowhere to go. The ball is loose, sitting on the turf. It's picked up by Bolton. No one in front of him is going to score. Yeah, yeah, dropped it. Just dropped the ball, picked up, returned for a touchdown. That's such a big momentum swing in the game. So that was a as good as Hurts plays, man. That one's got to be you know killing him because he that may have been a difference between winning and losing a Super Bowl. You just dropped the ball right there. So that was one big play in the game. Look, I thought another one. To be honest, everybody's talking about the holding penalty. Do you remember the play like before the holding penalty, the Mahomes run? Oh, that was an incredible play. Mahomes in trouble. Away, Mahomes racing with the bad ankle at all inside the twenty. And he's taken down. Somehow, Patrick Mahomes. That was the play. It was an incredible play well, because what the, the penalty, what the penalty did was rob the Eagles of any chance of trying Getting to the tie the game. Back, right? right? That, that's all the penalty did. That the whole reason why the Chiefs were able to take the lead in that game was set up by Patrick Mahomes. Right? Was that twenty six yard run right there? That was the play in the game. And this is where you start getting into the hero stuff. Of he's hurt. He re injured the ankle earlier in the game. He comes limping off the field. He's a right? tough son of a gun. He is. He's just a tough son of a gun. For 
him to unleash a 26-yard run like that in that moment. You had 245 left. And that, so you're at the 44-yard line. If you're the Eagles, you stop him there. And you're, you're, if you could stop them around the 44-yard 40, line, stop them, that's a 61-yard field goal. They're probably not trying it, especially with the field conditions, what they were. They may not, they're not going to try a 61-yard field goal. So he runs the ball to the 27. Okay, 27, that's a 44-yard field goal. So you're ready now in really good field goal range if you're if you're Kansas City. And then, obviously, they score. Um, the holding, Again, not the holding penalty, but the punt return. I mean, the punt return was such a big play in the game. Special teams was a factor for Kansas City. Low sinking kick. Tony on the run. Still up on his feet. Tony has a wall. It's another block. Tony inside the 20. Tony still going, and he's down to the five. I thought he was going to get in. <laughs> I thought he was, too. I thought he was going to get in. But that punt return right there was such a, again, a crucial part in the game. When they when they punted the ball right there, and they punted it, so it's fourth and two. And remember, I have a problem with the Eagles' play call on third and two, throwing a pass, instead of going quarterback sneak for a yard, yard and a half, two yards, and then doing it again on fourth down. You know, you, know, you get that punt right there. They punt fourth and two, their own 33 Fields it is dirty. It sets up the touchdown to a wide open Moore. That play was incredible. He was so wide open. That put Kansas City up by eight. But again, the fumble by Hertz, the run by Mahomes, and then that pun return right there. Three huge swing momentum plays in the game. Yeah, and I thought for a guy like Kadarius Tony, and I'm just looking at him up right now just to confirm what I thought, he hadn't done really anything with Kansas City since the he they acquired him in the middle of the season, right? He had 14 catches for 171 yards as a member of the Chiefs. He had two touchdowns in the playoffs. In the playoffs in three games, he started one total now. He was targeted 10 times. He had seven catches for 50 yards, and yet... A moment like that, who could have thought that the Kadarius Tony acquisition by the Kansas City Chiefs? It was essential because not only it was him, but then it was Sky Moore who just, you know, hard in, hard out, totally fooled the Eagles, right? On both of those touchdowns, they were as wide open as anybody could be. Kadarius Tony with those two plays. Have yourself a day. Um, the Chiefs' final touchdown almost never happened, it was a total blown play. Like they, there was a story in the Kansas City uh, paper that talked about that play and says on on the sideline, Justin Watson recalled a disarray from his vantage point on the third and goal play from the four. Reed started to move towards an official to call timeout, but Matt Nagy screamed, "It's still good! It's still good!" And you know, Kelsey was in the wrong spot. Mahomes had only an instant to try to figure out what to do, so he kind of motioned for Kadarius Tony, signaled for him to move. He looked at him, stayed still, whole lot of chaos, but that was one of those plays like it was the wrong play. They yeah. scored a wide open touchdown thanks to Mahomes on a play that was just, again, disarray from the beginning on that play. I found that fascinating. One more that I want to play because I think I think all of America was yelling at their TV set at uh, Jarek McKinnon right before he got to the goal line. Now the Chiefs can essentially run it down to the field goal try with McKinnon. And see what he decides to do here. Yeah, he's got to get down. He's got to get down. And he does. Get down. Get down. Get down. 
If I was the Eagles, I would have like I would have pushed him into the end zone. <laughs> well, the Eagles are basically push him in the end zone. Matador defense, Olay, please go into the end zone, score. Yeah. You know, please, we we want to we want to get the ball back as soon as we can. McKinnon, he was like full steam, and then somewhere around the four yard line, you could see it. He goes, "Oh, oh crap! Boy. Get down! Get down! As much as uh, I want to score a touchdown in the Super Bowl, I have to slide and get down here." So yeah, it, you had to. I mean, you had no choice because if they you score, then it's a minute and a half with Jalen Hurts in the ball and. That's a lot of time. That's a, just a lot of time. So smart thing to do. Even you know, even with the the field the way it was and the concern over the field. I mean, that's a chip shot field goal from right there. Yeah, yeah. It was it was a fun game. Um, I, I thought that all credit to Kansas City. Man, Jalen Hurts played so well yesterday. I mean, he was. I was blown away by how good he was. He was fantastic yeah. in yesterday's game. Yeah, it was great. Complete control, right? Like throwing I mean, outside dimes the one down play. the field, outside the one. That fumble. played AJ Brown. Oh my god! Oh yeah, right. That, that play was. They had a couple of passes to Goddard. It was like, how did he get that ball in there? Like, mm-hmm. how did he get that ball into Dallas Goddard? You know. And then remember the one that got reviewed, and then they kind of held. They they said, okay, it was still a catch. They kind of reviewed it because they thought maybe he had like lost control of the ball for a second. Like some of those passes he made, he grew up a whole lot. He's going to be fun to watch in his career going forward. Yeah, no doubt about it. That uh, that seventeen play drive they had, third and six, third and two, third and four. Fourth and one. They just kept converting and converting and converting and converting. It was fun. When we come back, Phoenix Suns soon will have four new faces in the Valley to help with the stretch run. One of them is Darius Baisley. He joins us next on the Burns and Gambo Show.